Well, hey there, freaks. Matt and I just ripped rabbit hole recap, and we got so ingrained into the conversation that I forgot to read the apps. The apps. Do you guys want any apps? Are you hungry out there? It is approaching lunch or dinner time some places. Lunchtime other places. This is a global podcast. Wherever you are, if you're hungry, this episode was brought to you by the Cash App. As you know, Cash App is the simplest way to send and save money, and now it's the simplest way to try to grow your money. We're stacking slivers of shares now, if you so please. You do not have to. The option is there. Cash App investing is there for you. Unlike investing tools that only let you buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest as little or as much as you want when your favorite company stock. If you're looking to buy a sliver of a share instead of stacking some sats, if it's too expensive and you don't want to own a whole piece of a stock, you can buy as little as $1. And because Cash App is directly connected to your bank account, there are no four to five day waiting periods for inbound transfers, so you can start investing today. Brokerage services are provided by Cash App Investing, a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. As always, use the code StackingSats when you sign up. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to Owls Lacrosse, our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. Wow, that was a poor, that was a poor hoot. So download the Cash App today. Use the code StackingSats um, from the App Store or Google Play Store today. This episode of Tales from the Crypt Rabbit Hole Recap was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. They're there to do collaborative custody with you freaks. They're a financial services company built for Bitcoiners. All right, They have many things uh, that they're building and it all revolves around multi-sig. All right, They have their vault program. You can engage in a quorum with them. We'll use the two or three example right here. So if you want to engage in a two or three uh, quorum, you can have two different uh, hardware wallets, whether it be a treasure or a ledger, and uh, you hold those keys. Unchained will hold the third key, and they will be there to sign if you ever need them. Uh, on top of this, they have their loan program. Friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin. All right, they're financial products company built for Bitcoiners. They don't want you selling their Bitcoins. So if you don't, if you're thinking about selling your Bitcoin, you just need some cash. You can engage in a Bitcoin collateralized U.S. dollar loan. You basically use Bitcoin as collateral, and Unchained Capital gives you cash that you then pay back in a loan form. On top of that, they're contributing to the open source nature of Bitcoin. Uh, their multi-sig vault program, which I was explaining above, uh, above before, is all about uh, revolve around the pro- open source product Caravan, which is their desktop app that'll let you create these multi-sigs by yourself without Unchained. So if you don't want Unchained in the multi-sig, they've open sourced the software so you can do it yourself. On top of that, they're working on other projects uh, like Hermit and Slip39, and, and they've got good content as well they've got uh gradually then suddenly parker lewis's great incredible uh what is it red pill uh blog i just got the pills mixed is that up. what he's calling it red pill no, no no i'm saying it's a great red pill i almost said blue pill it's a, every single blog post that he puts out is great yeah so good as, when i say you know when parker speaks i mark it by yes go to unchained-capital.com check out all, everything they got going on unchained-capital.com I think you guys are going to like this rip. We went for like an hour and 10. Um, so we'll show up as an hour and 14 about on your podcasting app. So don't get confused. Well, because of the, the ad read. Yeah, in the beginning. Ad read. Done. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent here, sitting with Matt O'Dell for the first rabbit hole recap of 2020. Fuck yes. It's the, also like the first time we've... Not the first time. It's it's we haven't been in the same room for a couple episodes, so it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you face to face here. It's going to be a good one. Not a lot of news, but uh, maybe we'll get a little retrospective here. It's twenty twenty year of clarity. Year of clarity. 
Well, that's not going to age well as a comment. I don't know if this will be the year of clarity. No, neither do I. But I do get the pun. It is a good pun. It is a good pun. Um, thinking of that, uh, it's the year of clarity. It's 2020. The Bitcoin price right now, I believe it took a little dump. It's $6,954.87 for a block 610978 Getting closer to... Uh, they're having 610,978. We are 19,022 blocks away from that. They're having 630, right? Yes. Uh, 29,000. Six. Yeah, 29,000. Yeah. yeah. But it's 630. 630,000 is the having. Yeah, it's 19,000. Excuse me. What's the current block height? 610,978. Yeah, it's 19,000. 19,022 blocks. There we go. Well, now I think I'm glad we got that all settled. Yes. The having is approaching. Hash- but that doesn't matter because it's already priced in, right, Marty? I, I believe it is. Um, it's priced in. We all know that. Uh, so just, yeah, this is the price. I don't know. I don't know. This debate's exhausting. It's a stupid debate. Bitcoiners aren't priced in. <laughs> they are. You tweeted that out at one point. I think people attempt to price this shit in. They're just bad at pricing things in. That's why Ripple is worth what it's worth, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, know. Ripple's price should be zero if everyone priced in everything. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. It has a price. It's getting priced in every block. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not uh, a big believer in the efficient market hypothesis either. I don't, think, I don't think everybody can know everything at once. I don't know if the market's as efficient as people think. Yeah, who knows? Well, the, the EMH doesn't dictate that everyone knows. Yes. Just like that a threshold that, of yes. the monetary capital it represents the, the, knows yes, enough to price yes, it in. Yes. That's exactly but what people happened. are idiots, so I disagree. Yeah. You know what's not priced in? Like, the people that don't know who are on the sidelines who have capital to bring in, right? Like, that's well, why I, it's not priced in. Yeah, I think what people miss is that, like, a lot of Bitcoin holders are just humble sat stackers. And... You know, we can't we can't properly price in the having because we're only putting in a responsible amount every week. Um, and, you know, that amount, you know, will probably go up over time, but it'll either change or, you know, not go down. So um, I guess unless you lose your job or something like that, which would suck. But yeah, so 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 if if people are just putting in a certain amount of money every week and they're taking self-custody and then the supply decreases, then their impact on the on the available supply goes up after the halving. Um, it's not like they're just going to drop in all the money they can possibly that they can possibly get their hands on like right now, just because they think the price will go up after. Yeah, there's been people who've been buying like a hundred dollars a paycheck since 2014. Exactly. I think that's what a lot of people miss, and I think especially with Bitcoin, it's like very much still a, like a retail driven market yeah um, and think about the retail minds again that aren't educated and when they do become educated become uh sat stackers and start buying a hundred dollars a paycheck too that's money on the sidelines that's right. not priced in yeah you have adoption future adoptions not priced in yeah yeah we'll see well it, it dictates that uh this gets adopted more will it get adopted more let's talk about uh the first 11 years Bullish on adoption. Oh, shit. That's the second. We're a day away from Bitcoin's 11th birthday. Yes, we are. Fuck. I didn't even realize that before we hit record. Yeah, um, a year ago, plus a day, we were absolutely wrecked uh, having a fantastic podcast yes. for its 10th birthday. Yeah. We're actually trying to make that happen again with the iterative guys. we got to find a spot to yeah, do Yeah, we should podcast. definitely. That was, that was a lot of fun. Um, Leo, if you're listening, I'm working on that. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, shit. What, uh, what does this next decade have entail? Is, is Bitcoin made the strides it needs to make in its first decade plus one dude i don't even like making one year predictions fucking 10 year predictions can go fucked up yeah no i try to stay out of the uh the prediction in retrospect game too much i did one piece last week and it was because uh somebody grubles i believe surfaced a video that just made me very nostalgic a video of somebody in february 2011 right before satoshi left uh showing people how they could use bitcoin to buy domino's gift cards and buy pizza um and pizza with air quotes yeah Domino's isn't pizza yeah I don't, I, debatable i not I had, priced in not priced in whatever but no that made me nostalgic and it's crazy to think of how far we've come since that moment like that, in that moment in particular bitcoin was trading at 96 cents i believe he spent 19 bitcoin on a uh, imagine that on a pizza do you think you could ever eat Domino's again after that <sighs> I don't know. Laszlo has talked about this. He doesn't regret it. Um, what was his? Was his Pizza Hut? No, his was Papa John's. Papa John's. Yeah, you got that Papa John's. It would just kill football for me. Like every time I watched football and just a Papa John's ad came out, I'd be like, because ah. <sighs> he paid ten thousand Bitcoin. That sweaty fucker made me burn some sets. For some reason, nineteen feels worse because like Laszlo, you know, he he did well for himself. You know, that was you know a, a key aspect of of Bitcoin's history. Um, this poor dude who spent 19 Bitcoin and no one knows who he is or anything. Well, no, it was the creator. My, this was a uh, a prototype that he was showing. And that's the other crazy thing. So it was a prototype in February 24th, 2011, I believe the date that was recorded and posted. The service was called CoinCard and they did two things. They let you use Bitcoin to buy gift cards. And then for like two months, I looked up the wiki page. They were allowing people to sell their mine Bitcoin and cash out via PayPal. So it was like one of the first wow. exchanges as well. Like PayPal shut them down like two. Okay, so that guy probably did pretty well for himself too. Yeah, exactly. Um, coin card. I don't know if they're still around. There is a coin card around. I'm not sure if it's the, the same service. Um, I mean, it's a pretty obvious name, right? Yeah. Yeah, very obvious name. Maybe you got the trademark for it. That could be valuable. Yeah, so maybe that maybe Fuck that IP, but you know, squat squatters gonna squat. Maybe that nineteen Bitcoin uh, for the for the prototype demo wasn't uh wasn't such a bad investment. Get people peak their interest, get them in. So, what was your prediction on that? Um, I didn't have a prediction. You I was just did saying, like a, did like a little memory. retrospective. It was like, ah, it's crazy that how far we've gotten from this video to like the fact that we can do the dime bag. And I could just point a QR code and pay instantly, like on a second layer. It's pretty crazy. I mean, that's what's crazy to me is, you know, people get impatient with Bitcoin, but this shit moves really fucking fast. You know, I just just watch it. Just the progress we made in the last year is crazy. No, it's insane. Um, and that's what I was talking about in today's Ben. All right, let's just jump into it. Like, people are worried about. Uh, fee market and stuff like that but if you really take a step back and look at what's going on i believe we're still do- like living in the great build-out phase like so the first 11 years have been a great build-out like we've first you just had we ended we we're basically people wandering with blindfolds on holding our arms out trying to just feel the boundaries of the system and how it works and uh took lessons like satoshi's dice and um uh, other things to to, to help help us realize that that block space is precious and something 
that you should probably uh, be very efficient with. And then um, you have things like Segway come along and then Lightning get built and stuff like that. Like, it just... We're still in the great build-out phase. HD wallets versus, you know, reusing addresses by default. Yeah, Uh, PSBT being a standard now, like, it's going to enable a bunch of other stuff. I'm never going to pronounce that wrong again. We'll get to that later in the podcast. Why? Um, Partially signed Bitcoin transaction. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's just, like, people, like, are always screaming about mass adoption. Like, Bitcoin isn't ready. It's like, no shit, it's not ready. Like, we're still building this out. And if you take a step back and look at what is being built, in my opinion, so people, again, bringing it back to the fee market, people are worried that Bitcoin is going to be able to sustain itself after the block subsidy, which is the uh, reward program into the protocol that is, or excuse me, part of the reward that's programmed is a protocol that's giving to miners. They get the subsidy plus the fees. Right now, the subsidy is 12.5 Bitcoin, as we alluded to. In my bad math segment, uh, a few minutes ago, we're getting closer to the next halving, which will reduce that to 6.25 Bitcoin uh, plus the fee. Um, and so, like, I, just thinking of this this uh, particular subject as one in, uh, like, recent days and trying to think of analogy. And I think one analogy that I like to use and have been using more recently is the, the block subsidy right now is like a, like a booster rocket. And it's basically helping us bootstrap a network effect and getting us to a certain point. And the crazy thing about this booster rocket is that we're building the space shuttle that it will eventually send into escape velocity uh, out into the wanders of space. But um, we sort of have this this fuel as we're building this system. Um, and yeah, the, the onus is on us to, to actually build the system and make it useful so people actually value the token Bitcoin. And I think that's happening. Yeah, we're bootstrapping this motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, I love that analogy, except for the space shuttle. It should be sending up a... Uh, a citadel? A space citadel? Know, some kind of capsule or something. Because the space shuttle was a failed program. You know, uh, a couple... They got rid of it. No, there have been space shuttle failures in the past. Right, but they got rid of it. It was like the whole idea was that, you know, you have this reusable plane-like shuttle that could land again. Yeah. And now they're doing like uh, what SpaceX is doing. Yes, where yes. It land like the rocket lands back. Yes, but and, and yes, like space shuttle had like a ton of cost overruns, like horrible budget. I'm, I'm not trying to dismiss your analogy. I love your no, analogy. no, no, I think no. It's a good analogy. It's good to steal man the analogy. It's good if you assume that the space shuttle was a uh, a pristine idea. I guess. No, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's pretty amazing um, all the progress that has been made so far. Um, and I, I think like if you're watching, it's extremely difficult to not be super excited about, about Bitcoin. Yeah. And I, we clearly are, you know, we've I'm, devoted a significant chunk of our lives to this shit. So we have, and apparently there are others doing that as well. We got a shout out, had two shout outs today. We can't read the first one. First one was, uh, a shameless ad, like very, not a shameless ad. I'm not going to say that, but. Yeah, what we could deem an ad that we don't feel comfortable reading. Yeah, he was pretty humble about the ad read. Yes, uh, but it, it was very. We, we're, we don't want to do ads on the on the shout outs. Yeah, um, like no links out to a service. Yes, yes. We're not so sure. if you were the one who did the shout out, reach out to us. We will happily uh, send you your sats back. We appreciate the support regardless, and uh, the site does look pretty cool we appreciate you you know trying to inform inform people on on how to use bitcoin uh with best practices in mind yes um 
And we do have a shout out that is palatable today. Shout out to Adam Gall, who has done so much to bring together the real crypto people in Cleveland, Ohio. You're a decent guy, Adam. Don't let the bullshit blockchainers get you down. Adam, never, ever let the bullshit blockchainers get you down. Keep your head high. Look them in the eyes and tell them they're stupid, bullshitting blockchainers. I mean, these last two years have helped with that. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam, if it, like, it, we just need re- real Bitcoin people in Cleveland, Ohio, too. I know, but I don't know what a real crypto person is. What does that look like? Or did these he days? say real crypto? Yeah. Crypto's the, the C word. And, and he let, used the C word. It's dirty. And dirty let's be word. clear this is not Adam saying this. This, this is the person who purchased this. Adam's buddy. Shout out to Adam. Shout both, out to Adam's buddy. Both must be freaks. We appreciate you, freaks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Cleveland uh, had Bitcoin Boulevard. They were way ahead of the game. What was Bitcoin Boulevard? It was a bunch of shops uh, in 2014, I think, or 2015 uh, that's, that started accepting Bitcoin. Um, and then at the city of Cleveland or Ohio passed a law that said you couldn't accept Bitcoin for alcohol. Um, so, like, one of the biggest stores was a wine store. They just, like, knocked the wind out of the sails pretty hard um <laughs> they started selling like merch in the wine store they're like you could buy merch with the bitcoin but there was a bunch of stores i don't know i thought it was cool uh, i think a lot of them were using bitpay um which is what i've said a lot is that i think um one of the biggest things that has happened this year has been the rise of btc pay and i think one of the biggest things that will happen over this next year is the continued rise of btc pay uh you know for the first time Merchants are able to easily accept Bitcoin without a third party. Uh, they have that full stack there. So I think that's going to be a game changer. And I think that um, while 2014, 2015 were the years where everyone was trying to push this merchant adoption narrative, what they were really pushing was these fiat conversion centralized um, payment processors like BitPay, uh, which really doesn't do anything to help the circular Bitcoin economy. I mean, it kind of does if you only earn Bitcoin and you need a place to spend it. Um, but you're really just selling Bitcoin uh, through an abstraction. Uh, with with proper BTC Pay integration, merchants will be able to try and get KYC-free Bitcoin, um, basically stack sats as privately as they can by by accepting Bitcoin through BTC Pay without a third party. And, and I think they'll offer discounts for that purpose. And I, I, I know myself as a Bitcoiner, I'd be way more likely to spend my Bitcoin um, if I, if I thought the merchant was ideologically motivated as well and I had an intention, they were stacking sats. They were like trying to hodl their Bitcoin. Like if I see a BTC pay server, that's basically them alluding to that to me, right? No, I agree. Yeah, it goes back to what I was mentioning earlier with the with the rocket boosters, or the booster rockets, excuse me. Uh, like merchant and, and not even the booster rockets. It has to, having to do with like the great build out. Like, merchant adoption the first time around wasn't a good meme again because you had to use centralized services like BitPay and there wasn't good invoicing decentralized invoicing software not decentralized open sourced um, uh, invoicing software like BTC Pay like now it is more possible like the utility is there with the open source tools and hopefully it drives value for people I know that for us it has driven value like I actually get a lot of peace of mind knowing that uh, our invoices are going straight to something I control. I mean, 
Comes yeah, we don't have to trust Patreon or something. Yes, so it comes with peace of mind. And also, it comes, to be honest, it comes with stress. You do have to take care of that and have procedures and practices. and Personal responsibility. Yeah. But the world it, needs more of it. It does feel powerful. It does feel very empowering, knowing that. I mean, to add to your analogy, maybe, you know, merchant adoption is more like something like a space station or something. Like, you got to get to space before you start. Exactly. Start fucking around with... Uh, with space stations there's no reason for the space station if you didn't get up there yet yeah well you have to have the ability to again use the tool in the way that you want to too like we again we found with satoshi dice and uh the manias that happen um as the price goes up that the blockchain gets cluttered and it gets it gets uh it's pretty busy and then therefore it gets more expensive so it when that happens it's not uh really useful as a medium of exchange like we need these layers to provide that utility at all times yeah i mean i think we're going to be talking about fees not rising for a bit and then all of a sudden fees are going to explode yeah so just be prepared well that's the other thing i mentioned too like it is crazy like fees so fees last month december 2019 uh fees as a percentage of the block subsidy excuse me the block reward the block subsidy plus the fees were 1.1 percent of the whole reward uh at the height in 2017 uh the percentage of um the block reward that was the fee was 30.4 percent so that's a big decline but you also take have to take into consideration at that point segwit had just been implemented and not was not widely adopted i believe segwit adoption grew by like 56 percent this year lightning didn't exist lightning didn't exist mr hoddle said there was a bunch of fuckery going on a bunch of fuckery going on people weren't batching correctly using best practices so since to that december 2017 in that two-year period we've had all these efficiency gains that and then as well as that like let's be honest there probably aren't as many people using it as there was in december 2017 but there's not as many people spending bitcoin spending bitcoin yes hodling is using yes yes exactly there's not yes there's not as many retail investors like moving right moving coins around and trading right um and um, and then even still moving forward with things like BIP Taproot, like things are only going to get more efficient. So um, like if things all else equal, fees could like stay at like one set for a while. I wouldn't count on it. Until. I think this time next year, fees will be, will be significantly higher. Yeah. Well, uh, well, again, I said all else equal. If all right. else were not equal and more demand came, they would rise, but. Like all else being equal, like we are making it so fees fall. There's like a little bit of like a vicious cycle, right? Uh, the other thing is um, the the wallets have gotten better at estimating fees. Yes, yes. Because they were overestimating. So basically we were getting in a situation where we can never get back to the baseline uh, where people just kept, you know, they, they, they didn't want to wait. So they just... Overestimated, uh, both the wallet overestimated, and then the people, the individuals using Bitcoin, were just picking the highest fee to just try and get it confirmed as soon as possible. Yeah, um, but I think Lightning is going to be a huge one because I mean, I if I'm going to send Bitcoin, I much prefer to use Lightning anyway. I think the UX is better, and and that UX is brand new. You know, it's getting iterated and improved every day. Uh, I already think the UX is better. Uh, so if you're locked in on some low fee channels. Uh, that's going to, that's going to be a major, major difference. But I mean, look right now we're sitting at one sapper bite pretty much on the rag. Uh, fees literally can't go lower than that. So 
I, you know, I think it's a pretty safe prediction to say that they're going to go up from here. No, I agree. Again, Jevin's paradox comes into play. Like the utility of Lightning Network, a lot of people like to shit on it, but it's there. And I tweeted this out a few days ago, like from experience. Like I'm again, I'm a Bitcoiner. Obviously, I'm biased. Uh, I'm a, I don't want to say a small blocker, but I, don't, I think we should, uh, we should withhold or we should prevent ourselves from uh, raising the block size at all costs and try all their options until all their options are exhausted. That's when maybe you would uh, raise the block size. So I think lightning is um, bullish on lightning just from a philosophical perspective. I think that's the way to go. With that all being said, from a user perspective, I have not had a problem like sending or receiving a lightning transaction since we set up our BTC pay ser- our node with running BTC pay server hooked up via via Zap. Like I've been using that since May and haven't really had one problem. With the one caveat that the hardest UX issue right now for Lightning is getting inbound liquidity. And because of you freaks being so fucking awesome, we don't have a liquidity issue whatsoever. Yes. Um, both of our nodes are very well connected. Well, no, it also, yes, the freaks, it is a caveat. We are well connected, but yes, it's not swaps will help swaps will be the big thing, but we don't have the UX there for the swaps yet. But I think, but even like the freaks, yes, the freaks providing liquidity is incredible and I, it definitely happens, but I put some effort into setting up the channels too. I reached out to Pierre. Right, right, I reached right. out to like other big nodes. I was like, "Hey, yeah, but like your buddy Pierre, right? Like he's like a good friend of ours. Yes, but this will, you know, yeah, he created. And he web- runs, you know, what the third largest lightning node on the network. I'm yeah. just saying, it's just a caveat. I'm super bullish. But on he it does as that well. for everybody. He doesn't do it for me because I was a friend. Like, right, right, right. It's a service he provided. Like, I went to his service. I set right. that. Oh, up. you you paid the fee yes. on the y- service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. Like, and if you do put the work in to set up your channels, right? Like, again, I haven't had that much of a problem. Uh, well, for other node, we didn't have to pay for the inbound Pierre liquidity. Well, that that would have been good to know. Yeah, we do have the the. Thief. He offers a good price for it. The inbound liquidity is like I think is a relatively as a competitive price. It's a good price. It was worth it. It was worth it to to get liquidity. And again, haven't had problems. The biggest problem we had was uh, today and yesterday. We had like figure out our certification because like because of the new year personal responsibility yeah no but i i think like look going forward the ux there is going to be swaps that's the whole idea right you open a channel and then you know after you open the channel you swap out to yourself and then you have inbound liquidity you don't have to worry about you know paying someone for inbound liquidity i think that's going to be a huge ux you know boost um i I think that's like the one of the main caveats that the lightning has right now and i think it'll get improved this year uh, significantly i mean i look back i don't think either of us were running lightning nodes this time last year I know I wasn't. I don't think I was either. I had a Casa. I was, had my Casa node running, I believe. The, the Casa didn't release yet, right? No, because I think I got it for Christmas. I believe I set it up like around. I don't know. I'd have to check Twitter. My first one was. I thought your first one was the Power Launcher. Was it not? Was was not uh, Pierre's Lightning Node Launcher? Yeah, I definitely set that up too. I'm that was my first one, and it was in January. So it was like we're almost about to hit the year mark. I think I set up Casa first, and then Pierre's for for when I wanted to like get more. But anyway, that's in-depth. crazy, right? Yeah, that was only a year. Like shit has so much shit has gone down. It is absolutely mind bending when you start to think about like the progress that was made over this last year in a year that has been pretty much dominate been dominated by like a bearish price trend. Yeah, I mean, 
TFTC.io released a dime bag, the hottest the hottest app on the Lightning Network. The hottest app on the Lightning Network. <laughs> um, that got dropped in May. No, I'm kidding. We have video games uh, embedding Lightning Network functionalities into them. Uh, we're building SAT, SAT or WhatsApp, excuse me. I'm seeing Jorg is iterating on that. I believe he dropped something like a, an official um, pull request for, I think, for one of the implementations. Um, for WhatsApp, like for a messaging system within a Lightning Network. Um, Have you seen this new Sphinx app? Have you played around with it at all yet? No. I, I get you an invite. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about it yet. <sighs> I just, it's a closet chill. It's a closet chill. Uh, Keto's been working with them from Noddle. It um, sounds familiar. It's, you know, it's I've definitely a, heard some rumblings about it. Yeah, you send encrypted messages back and forth, and you can easily send Lightning payments. And I guess technically every message is a is a lightning payment, but I, it doesn't route over the lightning network. Interesting. Yeah. What's the route over Tor? Yeah, it's just a you know P two P encrypted chat app. Interesting. Open source. Have you played with it? Yeah, I, I have the the demo app. Yeah. Well, I get you. I get you an invite. Thanks this for is what Rob was talking about. Thanks Rob was talking tease. about it in our group chat. Now you're doxing group chats? I mean, you know, Rod's a great dude. Rod's a great dude. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it later. There's, shills, will, shills will be incoming. It looks, it looks interesting. It looks interesting to me. I, my point is, like, I'm not sure if... The, the, where I was going with that is I, I'm, I love WhatsApp. It's really cool. I, I, I hope to see it get iterated on, and I'm, I'm curious to see how I it works. I don't even think it's an app. I think it's just like a... I think it's just a prototype for... A messaging protocol that right. apps can be built I'm just on. not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure if we need you know messages to go on channels. You know, to to actually send like if I, if I had like a nice open source encrypted chat app that also let me to let me seamlessly send lightning payments between users. Like each user's phone app was also a you know a, a lightning node, but a a light client lightning node. Uh, that might be enough for me. I don't know if I need. Uh, to actually run over the Lightning protocol. Yeah, it might be. That's yeah. where I was going with that, yeah. basically. Yeah, where I'm going with, like, these ideas are getting fleshed out. Yeah, exactly. We're just booster rockets. We're just booster rocketing. Yeah. And the, uh, how how long do you think we have, though? This, this conversation is just revolving around the uh, the fee subsidy. We the haven't fee even done an ad read yet. I'm just going to record them and throw them in the beginning. We're going to throw them in the beginning? Yeah. We're not going to just like semi-mid-roll them? No. I appreciate that. At this point, no. I think the freaks appreciate that. Yeah. We try. We we, we don't like mid-rolls here at TFTC. We think they're... Uh, they are more valuable. They're, yeah. They're just... As a listener, I, I, I do not appreciate them, so... Sorry. I think we should have a hard line on that. <laughs> um, what? I, yeah, I don't even know where we were. Now. That was our Thursday business meeting. Oh, I want to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do a shout out to Matt Case because uh, we're finally drinking the bourbon he sent us. Well, Matt is, but Marty isn't. Uh, but he will drink it at a future date. So thank you, Matt. I am abstaining. Uh, we appreciate you. I'm gonna go get a haircut later this afternoon. I want to be all boozed up. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I was feeling bullish. Whenever I feel bullish, I always have a glass of whiskey. Why are you feeling bullish? Just I'm just bullish on Bitcoiners, you know. I then you know New Year, I don't know. 
I get excited. Yeah. I get excited very easily. I mean, do you remember at Bullish I was on January 3rd last year? Yeah, yeah. You made or, No, you didn't make everybody market buy. No, not yet. I wasn't that it wasn't that bullish. We yet. talked about this. We talked about it last week though. Um, that's another thing to mention about the Lightning Network. It's getting adopted by big players like Bitfinex. Right, right. I said that exchanges were never going to. Um, but that wasn't really my bullish aspect. That was like me trying to be a trying to tamp down my bullishness. But yeah, I wasn't bullish on Lightning this time last year, which is pretty crazy. Um, I was like kind of a Lightning skeptic bear. Uh, I thought Bitcoin would be fine without Lightning anyway, but I wasn't really actually that bullish on it. I didn't think exchanges were going to do it. Now we have Bitfinex doing it. Now we have all these smaller uh, new companies doing it like Escher and SparkSwap and Zaps Olympus coming out. Um, yeah, it's just, it's pretty crazy. How far, no, but what I said that when I was really bullish, remember, I was like, when you tuck your kids in at night, just think <laughs> to yourself, do I have enough Bitcoin? Which is like such a fucking ridiculous thing to say. But it's always, I believe it. I believe it. You but. do. I, I believe that you go to bed and you're like, oh, God damn. Do I, I don't have, have kids yet. But if I did, that's what I'd be thinking <laughs> about. Do they have enough sats? Are we just going to, let's just reminisce here for a bit. We're like a half hour in already. We haven't even got to one topic. It's pretty slow news week. Yep. It's, it's been a good, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, now, now that we brought it up, let's jump into the news and then we'll come back and we'll reminisce a little bit to finish her up. I like that. All right. First thing uh, we want to talk about is uh, came onto my radar yesterday. I saw Alex Leishman quote tweeted it. Uh, shout out to Alex. We'll actually have an episode dropping with him tomorrow. Make sure you check that out. That's, Fuck a, yes. that's a banger. Um, Alex is a great dude, founder of River Financial. Um, but he highlighted this service who I believe, which, which I believe was created by, uh, um, stores provost. I say his name. I don't know how to pronounce things. I think it's stores, stores provost. It was a good, it's a good try. Um, sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Um, he's been around for a while, works at blockchain, making some cool apps. This nth key and th key.com, uh, for iOS users. Um, it is a device that basically lets you, uh, create like or sign a PSBT um, transaction. That's why I will never. Uh, well, nth key actually isn't the reason why I will never say PSBT wrong again. I did my first PSBT transaction over the weekend by myself without anybody handholding me. Proud of you. And it was a cool experience. Um, but nth key is. You did one at Citadel too, right? Yeah, I did that test net. I did a. Uh, I did a mainnet one. It feels better on mainnet, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. That's what I said. That's why I feel like testnet doesn't really, I don't know. Yeah, it just, yeah. It doesn't really get you there. Yeah, you need the, uh, you need the deep breaths and the anxiety. Yeah, you need to feel, mainnet. you need to have real money on the line. Yeah. Um, but nth key is, again, it's a service that's going to let you uh, sign PSBT uh, transactions from your phone and check transactions before you sign. Uh, I downloaded it. Be careful if you do download it. Um, it will have access to your files. Yeah, be careful of any f- app you download and just assume like all, anything you have on your phone is fucking compromised. Yeah, so use an old phone. And so the idea would be that you uh, put a f- uh, pre-signed Bitcoin transaction file on the phone or somewhere. Well, I mean, the key idea here is that it allows you to use your iPhone as one of the keys of your multi-sig. Yes. Right? So you could have like a multi-sig setup where you have a cold card, an iPhone, an Electrum. Right, and those are three different trust models, and and two of them have to be broken. You go to three of five, you can get even more, more crazy with it. But 
But yeah, like as Marty said, like it it probably makes more sense to use on an iPhone that is 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 purely just your multi-sig iPhone, like not a not your actual like day-to-day uh, device, especially from a privacy standpoint. Um, you know, really that caveat should go with pretty much like every Bitcoin app. Uh, you're better off using it on a, a device that is separate from your your main device. Yeah, but does he st- th- does he really work at blockchain? I know he did. I know I don't know if he still does. Um, okay. Or they might be. He might. They might be the dev. That, he might be the dev that they support. Yeah, I think that's what it is, right? Yeah, they're like they're giving him grants to support his, his development work. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, don't let don't let the caution over over uh, privacy. Uh, belittle the app. It's a really cool app, and it's an example of something that I think that the new what is it? BIP one seventy four is that the uh, PSBT standard? Oh, or is it seventy four? No I forget. Fuck. I do not know my whatever. Bips, like man. the PSBT has been standardized, and now it's you're seeing a flurry uh, more a flurry of apps built around this standardization now, and that's actually it's fucking what, fantastic to yeah, see. We need that's what Alex said in this tweet. Like that's what Alex said in his tweet. Twenty twenty is going to be a year where we see like an explosion of cool, cool use cases coming out of B- PSBT standardization. Uh, does River have something in mind, or he didn't? I saw River like they're definitely. The, I mean, they're definitely experimenting with. Well, it. first of all, River Financial is this is this new. I mean, you're going to have a whole podcast on it. Um, really cool new Bitcoin brokerage service where you can buy and sell Bitcoin, um, basically like what Coinbase should have been. Um, and they just have a pure Bitcoin focus. Then out of the gate, they have lightning withdrawals and lightning deposits. Um, a lot of cool things, a lot of, a lot of cool features they have over there. So uh, they have recurring buys, which is, you know, a big one. Discounted too. If you set up recurring. I buys. like that. I like that as an incentive that they discount your fees. If you set up a recurring buy. Yeah. No, no. I think the, uh, the team they've amassed is impressive and, I met Alex for the first time in Riga a couple years ago, or last year. Um, I still haven't met him. I really, uh, really enjoyed. I was uh, I was upset I missed that him. podcast. I'm excited to listen to it. I yeah, I thought you were going to join us. I, I that's why I thought you were going to be in town last week. Yeah, like when, we, when we were supposed to do the the recap last week. Family's I thought, important, man. I set I set, I set the studio up. Yeah, like and I was like, dude, we're recording myself. remote. Like three minutes before, I was like, we're recording remote, bro. Um, I. Uh, the other thing about River is that it's available in 49 states, only U.S., 49 states. It's not available in me and Marty's state of yeah, New York. we can't use it. Um, thanks to our favorite uh, Ripple board member, Ben Losky, who passed the bit license and then went through the revolving door. And now, um, after pretending that he was protecting uh, unwitting investors, uh, joined the board of one of the most malicious companies in the space. So cheers to you, Ben Losky. This one goes out. Yeah, I hope you're having a happy new year, Ben. Definitely doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> okay. I, I, we might have to discontinue the podcast. Hey, if you don't listen to the, the podcast, 2020 is not going to be a year of clarity for you. Okay. That is 2020 is going to be a year of clarity for you freaks. It was up to Ben Lawski. Every podcaster would need to have like a $500,000 bit license and do KYC uh, on their listeners. <laughs> right. Fuck you, Ben. Fuck you, Ben. Um, all right. On to uh, more pleasant topics. You got your noddle. I saw that you plugged it in. Number one, baby. Number one. You got that. That thing was that thing was inked up. You got a lot of a lot of autographs on that thing. Yeah, bro. I got all the I got all the Nim signatures on it. So, um, but yeah, that's dope. They all signed it. Uh, both the samurai team and the noddle team. I have a lot of respect for both those teams. Great teams. 
Um, I've been looking forward to this for a fucking minute. Teams. I, uh, full disclosure, paid for this completely out of pocket. Uh, it, it is an expensive device. There are ways to obviously have a cheaper node. This is a pre-built node in a box that, that works uh, out of the box with Samurai. Uh, all you have to do is when you open your Samurai wallet, you just scan the QR code and it's connected to your full node. Fantastic UX in that regard. Um, Samurai soon should be releasing their mobile mixing within the app. So mixing will be as simple as just scanning the QR code from your node that's displayed on your node um, and then pressing the mix button on your Android device, which is fucking awesome. With that same caveat that we had before, where the ideal situation here, especially if you have a large amount of Bitcoin going through it, is to use a dedicated uh, Android device that only is used for Samurai. Now, why is this node cost so much? I think what are they, are they charging seven fifty for it? Did I thought it was eight hundred off the top of my head. But maybe I, I the know. the early release was seven fifty. Um, the that is expensive, especially when you can run something like my node. I've heard a lot of good things about my node, uh, where you can get an SSD, you get a Raspberry Pi four, you install my node on it, it costs like two hundred dollars. Um, so, so what are you paying for it? You're paying for it. The build quality is fucking fantastic. It's got that sexy red case. It's got the LEDs on it. But even cooler, and I hope this becomes the standard for these pre-built nodes, um, is is that it's got, not only does it have SSDs, which I don't know why anyone would use a hard drive anymore with their node because it the performance benefit you get from SSDs is, is fucking huge. It has redundant SSDs that are encrypted. None of these nodes default to encrypted, to encrypted drives. So if someone gets a hold of your node, um, they can just bypass your passwords and just pull your keys right off of the device. Now, does that matter for Dojo? Not that much, Only maybe only for privacy, because you're not actually storing funds on the Dojo. But when it comes to running a Lightning node, if you're running like a routing node, a Lightning routing node, um, you have your funds are stored on the device. Um, so you want that device to be encrypted. Now, the encryption is at rest when the, when the power's off. So what happens if someone decides while it's still plugged in to open the case um, and and take your keys. Well, key to mind a thought of that. And the Noddle has a built-in kill switch. So not only are the drives encrypted, not only are they redundant, so they back each other up if something happens, you know, if you have your lightning node fail, um, they back each other up, but it has this kill switch. So if someone comes in to wherever you're running your node, takes the node, unplugs it, tries to open the case or doesn't even unplug it, just opens the case, the whole thing just powers down and is encrypted. And then they need that encryption password to get it. So that's just well thought out, just really good build quality, turnkey, turn it on, you, you plug it in, you know, you have your full um, dashboard where you get to decide what you're running. If you're running BTC Pay, if you're running your Electrum server, if you're running Lightning, you get to choose. Whole thing can run through Tor, which is, you know, is how you should do it so you're not exposing your IP. Just a really great seamless product we're gonna have videos videos will come out soon i i really want samurai to release the mobile mixing because i think um like why make the video without the mobile mixing and then just have them a week later just release the mobile mixing so that's kind of what i'm waiting for and then and then the videos will start coming streaming through and uh, I, as usual you you will continue to hear my my thoughts and evolution on that on that process you give a really compelling case it's fucking buy cool, that man. Case. It's fucking cool. I don't. I think all of these nodes in the box, they should definitely at least be encrypted. Like even if you don't put the kill switch there, they should be encrypted at rest. Uh, 
And yeah, I... Keto Mind is paranoid, so you could be less paranoid. He does the paranoia for you, and you pay him for that privilege. And it's, it's I appreciate it. Yeah, it's um, shout out to that team, to the teams. Excuse me, plural. To the teams, uh, the Noddle and Samurai teams, putting the teams on their back. I also, um, on like a completely separate note, discovered um, that that the Samurai Whirlpool fees are way less than I thought they were to begin with. Really? Because I, up until this point, I thought the fee was based on how much money you sent into Whirlpool, but it's not. It's based off of what pool size you use. So if, if you send in one Bitcoin or a half a Bitcoin into the, the let's just say the 0.01 Bitcoin pool, the 1 million sat pool, uh, it's the same fee regardless. It's always 5% of 1 million sats, just one time fee. And then you're remixing after that. So it's like, it's, in my mind, it's unfairly cheap and, and people shouldn't be worried about that, that, that fee in terms of the privacy gain you, you, you are actually getting from it. So yeah, well, seems fantastic. It's fun to see this in the wild. We've been talking about it for so long. I mean, we, we got to tease the Bitcoin 2019 when we sat down with, uh, yeah. Which was itself like two months after we got the original Noddle, which is a fantastic piece of hardware, um, which our thief, our, our friendly thief, uh, fan of the pod who's running our, our, our Bitcoin node, uh, has, he's been running a, a high-powered routing node off of that Noddle hardware for a year with, with no issues, which is just fucking impressive. I mean, that device was, I think, a $400 device. Um, it just yeah. goes to show like the the build quality that's there. It's a high performance node, man. It's got a twenty four seven uptime and all running through Tor. That's like so that's my biggest worry. Like do you think it'll get to a point where like we'll be having these dedicated nodes like in a box at home, people will be comfortable running them, like running businesses from, from their node in a box. I think so. I think that's it makes the most sense to me in terms of like a UX versus security trade-off versus privacy trade-off, that like trilemma that exists there. Um, because like you want the UX to be good, but you want, you want it to be easy to use, but you don't want to sacrifice security and privacy for it. And I think the best way to do that uh, is probably having an always-on node at home, whether that's, I, I'm like really bullish. I actually haven't used my node yet, but a lot of people that I respect have been using it and been testing it out. I've been talking about it, and the project from afar looks very interesting to me. And basically, with my node, you can run one of these nodes in the box. Uh, you buy all the parts separately. Um, and as I said earlier, you can run it for like $200, $250, um, all through Tor. Uh, they just added Whirlpool to it. Um, I, I think they're about to add Dojo to it. Uh, so so in that in that situation, you know, one person... And as I said earlier, but the, the way the pairing works with the Dojo is such a breath of fresh air because for the longest time, you know, running an Electrum server is difficult. And especially if you're running it through Tor, getting other people, like if you want to provide access to your Electrum node to other people, um, while a privacy trade-off there where they have to trust you uh, to not be logging their transactions, it's better than doing it with a chain analysis server. That process is a very convoluted, difficult process to, to have people connect to it. But with something like the Dojo, and it's just a QR code scan, like your friends and family can then connect to yours. Um, and, and the person running the dojo can't steal your money. They can just compromise your privacy. Uh, so I think 
that's a key step in that direction. And it's, so we don't, when people, when I, when I say I'm bullish on home nodes, I don't necessarily mean that I'm bullish on everyone running a home node. I just think like Uncle Jim, who cares, will be running the node. And, you know, he'll have 20, 25 people all connecting back to it as their back end, right? Shout out to all the Uncle Jims out there. Thank, thanks, Jim. Yeah, here. My, one of my favorite uncles, Uncle Jim. I wish I just had an Uncle Jim so I could just connect to his node and just have him deal with all my Bitcoin shit for me. I actually don't have an Uncle Jim, but do I? No, I don't. The key to all my placeholder names is you know I don't have any relatives by that name. That's why I use them. Uh, it's like yeah. reverse doxing. Yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good uh, way to throw people off the trail. Fake Everyone's family members. Searching. There's like a Jim Odell somewhere. Yeah, he's he's out there. Jim Jim Odell. <laughs> wasn't he uh, wasn't he state champ back in the day? Wasn't he on that '92 state champ team in New York? Yeah. Well. Yeah, it seems like again, like I'm very bullish. It feels like like the 2010s were like the warm up for Bitcoin. Like the tools uh, which you can use to leverage Bitcoin, the network right now, have never been better. Uh, they've never been more robust, and like we've been saying, it feels like they're only iterating and getting better at a faster and faster pace. Um, like people are already talking about like how BipTap Group's going to get implemented and some people are like bullish on like early second half of no way it's not happening in 2020 mm -hmm. shit is going to take way longer than you think it's going to take yeah yeah Be and you know that's that. a good thing it's a good thing you don't want bitcoin changing too quickly then attack vectors come in you know we don't want any no no shotgun emergency hard forks on new year's you know no no you don't want that you don't want that take your time it's something worth taking your time for. This is uh, these are very, very uh, critical systems, and they should be handled with care. And there's no going back if we fuck it up. Exactly. Um, speaking of which, if you fuck up your keys, your seed storage, excuse me, your private key storage, uh, you're gonna have a bad time in the future. Jameson Lop, uh, Bitcoiner, uh, CTO Casa has put together a guide for all the metal Bitcoin storage uh, devices out there. Your Bill, Bill Foddles, Crypto Steals. Uh, let me pull up the list here. There's, There's a, a shit ton of them. them. There's like yeah. 40. He's been reviewing them for a while, putting them through their paces and like absolutely destroying them in fire and shit. Um, but now he put it in like a nice table form on a single site. Right? Yeah. BitKey, Blockplate, Coldbit Steel, Crypto Key Stack, Crypto Keys, Crypto Tag. Hoddle Knox. I really like that Crypto Steel Capsule. How do they rate it? Crypto Steel Capsule got an A minus for overall grade. The heat grade is a A. The corrosion grade is an A. The crush grade is a B. Um, crypto Steel Cassette, which is the original Crypto Steel, B for overall grade, uh, B for heat or B for heat grade, A for corrosion grade, and D for crush grade. Well, wow, he rated like 10 different wallets, uh, 10 different seed storage devices higher than. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. Than crypto, yes. capsule, crypto steel capsule. In alphabetical order, the ones, the top uh, that got A's across the board are BitKey, Blockplate, Coldbit, Steel, Crypto Key Stack, Crypto Keys, Crypto Tag. Getting a theme here. Hodlnox, uh, Quadrat Register. Never heard of that one. Safe Seed, Seed Steel, and Simbit and steel wallet i mean this is kind of questionable now that i clicked in and it's like 
the bit key, which is on the top, it comes with the keys already engraved in it. What the hell? Only use their service with a BIP38 or BIP39 encrypted backup. So the key is in there, but you provide... The, the passphrase is your own passphrase. It's kind of questionable. Anyway, take it all with a grain of salt, the website. Um, but, you know, not your keys, not your coins. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't use anything that came with a key already generated in it. Uh, so just keep that in mind. But this is a, it's, it's a great way to see the different pros and cons of the different devices. Because at least he does, he, does, he does say this in here, but I guess it's not part of his rating system for some reason. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the, uh, the other popular wallet out there right now that does uh, produce your private key for you, Ball- Ballet Crypto got Fs across the board. Yeah, fuck that shit. Should not be shilling that shit. No one should be. There's literally zero reason why anyone should ever use Ballet Crypto. Hey, hey. Bobby Lee's behind it, man. Fuck you, Bobby. I see you. Come on, man. Give Bobby a break. I see you, Bobby. Um, introducing a framework for privacy in e-commerce via Bitcoin is an article on Hacker Noon written by our good friend Josh Humphreys, host of the Bottom Shelf Bitcoin podcast. And he just gave uh, basically a great a job at this one. Yeah, good shield for how merchants can get Bitcoin anonymously. I mean, look, no, I mean, it's not even it's not even anonymously. He's not even saying that. He's saying, you know, we've we've seen so many content creators um, and business owners basically become victim of this cancel culture where they, they get removed from their payment processor and they just can't accept donations or payments. Um, so like he does go into privacy a bit, which I appreciated. Um, but that's not even the, the cell, the cell, right? The cell isn't even privacy. The cell is accepting payments in the first place, just even being able to get paid. And I think, um, it was very much low hanging fruit. So to see him, you know, it's a, it's a perfect use case to these people that literally they got kicked off of Patreon, they get kicked out of PayPal, they get kicked out of all these different centralized processors. Maybe they get banned from Twitter. Uh, Bitcoin is there as an option, and he put this in Hacker Noon, which is like going to be right in their faces. I think it's it's a good read. It's so fun. Yeah, shout out to to Josh for writing that. But it's so funny watching all these people get the platform and be like, oh, I can't get money, and like being like, come on, dude, Bitcoin's right here, like. The funniest is when they're also no coiners and they like hate Bitcoin. Right. So then you're like, you, you recommend it to them and then they just get pissed off at you. Yeah. Say, like, okay, dude, suit yourself. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're running our BTC pay server, just accepting censorship resistant transactions every day. And that shout out we, uh, we, we gave that we did read arrived literally 30 minutes before you, you showed up. Yeah. And you don't even know who sent it, which is crazy. Yeah. Some dude who has a friend named Adam. Yeah, we know Adam. Yeah. real. Uh, he's a true freak. Yeah. Well, Adam could be made up. They're both true freaks. These fr- The freaks could be fucking with us, just creating people and storylines and these shout-outs. We have no idea. <laughs> it's all psyop. It's probably all Al. Al's just fucking with us. Al, I know you're fucking listening, Al. You <laughs> sick fuck. Stop texting my wife. <laughs> uh, she doesn't She doesn't want to see that, that wizard's beard. <laughs> Um, Talking about Patreon, we have Satreon. Satreon. Satreon, I'm going to go with. Satreon. It's Patreon. Satreon. For people who want to accept sats. Satreon.net. Non custodial. What are your thoughts on that domain name? That is. .net is, you know, shitty. Yeah. 
It's it's the shit coin of it's the shit coin of suffixes. I'd prefer <laughs> .io. That's why you know we could have got tftc.net. Like, what is this? The nineties? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. But the project's cool. It's non-custodial, lightning-powered alternative to Patreon for that exact reason that we were talking about, where these people are getting deplatformed, and also because Patreon takes a fucking huge ass fee. Yeah, yeah. All these like, they're worse than the payment processors. What is like a thirty percent fee or something, or something crazy? Like all this can be open source. BTC pay servers basically like an open source. Imagine Patreon you're already. bringing in 200, 300K. You're bringing in 300K a year, you know, for like some content that you create. And you're paying Patreon. You're paying Patreon 30% of that. It's, it must be capped, right? Maybe I'm over-exaggerating. There's no way. I'm not sure. Patreon's a... Regardless, whole- the fees are high. I mean, don't high. hold me to the fire on what the fees are. I don't know. And they've been known, more importantly, they've been known to withhold payouts from their creators as well and just cut you off yeah and like the main way people are able to communicate to their um their communities and stuff like and they fucking just get right in the middle of there and just well nickel and dime you that's why that's why we put the effort in to make our own site and to help self-host our own content outside of third parties like mailchimp um podcasting is more youtube well, we also didn't talk about youtube last week oh we didn't we did we'll get to the that. war on crypto it fits in here perfectly yeah no but just to stay on the topic of self-hosting and youtube will combat that or, or youtube will show the opposite of this like pierre tweeted about this like it's important to self-host your own content that's why we have tftc.io like i would not want to put all of our stuff on medium i'm not saying we're going to get censored but just in case prepare for the worst and we used uh, we used ghost.org, that CMS, and that CMS is good because they actually incentivize you to self-host. Yes, uh, you can pay them to host for you. That's how they uh, make money, actually. But it's open source CMS that you can host on your own servers. But we, do we to. host with them? We host with them right now, but we're going to move. When we're, when we're in the black enough, we'll, we'll move to our own servers. We're that. just a humble podcast. Yeah, there's two of us. Humble it's brand. Running um, our own I, uh, it's 12%. It's Patreon is five, eight, or twelve percent. I guess it scales down as you make more money, is my guess. Yeah, um, but that's what the Wikipedia says. Yeah, but still, they can. It's less than thirty. But they can deplatform you. Fucking massive, and they can raise your fees at any point, and you're held hostage. You kind of have to do it. Yeah. Um, but the reason I thought about the but was because, you know, that's like my response about YouTube. It's like if you just if you build everything on YouTube and you just expect, um, like the time like. Absolutely, like tell YouTube to go fuck themselves uh, for censorship, uh, but but you have to take some personal responsibility there. Like, why are you so vulnerable that your whole business, you know, your whole livelihood is running through YouTube? Like, you're just asking for issues. They're a centralized company. Um, they have not been great about um, being transparent about their censorship policies. Uh, this is to be expected. Like, I don't want to hear people outraged about TikTok banning your Bitcoin focused account uh, in six months. Like, fuck you. We see this coming. It's going to happen. Take control of your data, take control of your future and, you know, protect yourself. Yeah. No. And the tools exist to protect yourself today. And, but staying on YouTube too, uh, people crying for like a decentralized alternative. That's a long shot away. Like the data storage of these video sites is very intensive and capital intensive. Uh, John Seth has actually written a good blog post about this. I believe about a year, year and a half ago that if you think you're going to build a decentralized video platform, like you're 
think again. Like the amount of data storage that goes into this is ridiculous, and you're not going to be able to like, run that through a blockchain or anything. Um, and then, so you're going to need centralized competitors to YouTube if you want to fix the YouTube censorship censorship product uh, problem, um, which I think is that. I mean, they definitely have a monopoly. Who else is there? Like Vimeo. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that we're never going to have a distributed, <coughs> a distributed version. Um, it's it's definitely a harder task than people think it is. Um, that's it's not sure. as easy as. And a- and a lot of this gets solved by just video, particularly, is heavy bandwidth, right? So it's it's way more easy to build a uh, way easier to build a distributed Twitter clone or a distributed picture sharing, you know, photo sharing or something. But video is is way, way, way bandwidth intensive. And especially when you start talking about privacy and stuff like, you know, you're not going to be able to run those nodes through Tor or anything like that. So it becomes, it becomes very difficult. Um, a lot of this gets solved by just proper competition. Just, you know, like, and, and like Gab is an example of this before they kind of fell off. Uh, like they just decided, that, I don't know, that whole porn thing like really freaked me out. Um, but like Gab is a perfect example is like they didn't do anything special. I guess now that they're on Mastodon, it's it's federated um, federated servers to interact so that it is more distributed. But the Gab in its original form was a straight up Twitter clone that was completely centralized. It was just their their ethos as a company that the rules that they held themselves to uh, were more free speech oriented. So it provided a competitive outlet, right? So so the ideal here is is to see more competition come out, have more video platforms. But they got uh, deplatformed at the end of the day by their payment yeah. processors, by their DNS Absolutely. provider at the end of the day too. Look, and I mean like, you know, people can self-host their own videos if they want to self-host their own videos. But but the easier way for the less costly way for most people is to host their videos on multiple platforms uh, that are all centralized. Yeah. So what what would be bitch is BitChute attempting to do decentralized? I don't know. Way? I haven't really been paying attention to any of these distributed video alternatives. What about Block TV? Block TV is not distributed at all. It's just a centralized uh, blog that uh it competes like the block and shit but they also they they (laughs) primarily do video content and they have their own fucking token and there's like a bunch of bitcoiners that keep going on that platform the siren calls we're looking at you we know you know you're inadvertently supporting you know indirectly supporting their uh shit coinery yeah they're fucking they launched an ico it's 2020 well they launched in 2019 it's 2019 they launched a fucking garbage ass ico man hey you gotta incentivize the content producers bro it's i'm never gonna wake shit up is trending to zero it is trending to zero and you will not see me on block tv it is not a coincidence that i have not been in any interviews with block tv yeah yeah you're gonna have the block tv stands like they practice, never invited you practice what you preach practice what you preach uh, you can't you can't give yeah yeah, that's why I was pumped that I sent a PSBT. Now I can officially say it right. And uh, I've been talking about it a lot, saying it's cool. And I finally did it. It is cool. It is cool when you first send that. It's fucking dope. Yeah. Um, cold card makes it easy. Cold card and wasabi made it easy. I used your uh, demo. Yeah, and hopefully Trezor's, Trezor should release it soon, too, because the Trezor T, no one should be using the Trezor 1. The Trezor T has an SD card slot. So, Awesome. Um, what do we got to riff on? And here? the reason I don't like the Trezor one, I've said it before, is because 
to use a treasure securely, you absolutely need to use a passphrase. And with the treasure one, it doesn't have the touch screen, so you can't enter the passphrase on the device. So to me, that's a disqualifier. And if you're storing any kind of meaningful amount of Bitcoin, you could pay the $75 or whatever it is to buy a treasure tea, guys. Think about your security. Diversify. Um, are you excited for 2020? Dude, I'm super excited for 2020. Why did, Why is the hindsight 2020 thing a, a thing? Because people have better vision than 2020. Uh, 2020 is like the average vision. No, 2020 like is like perfect vision. No, it's not perfect vision. Because my lady has better vision than 2020. She always know. makes the same stupid dad joke, you know. I've had 2020. She's like, your hindsight's worse than my regular sight. I've heard it so many times. I've never heard that. I've had. Yeah, tw- you can have like 2015 vision and shit. I don't. I I have just assumed I haven't been to a optometrist. Optometrist. Eye doctor. An optometrist. We don't um, need your fancy your fancy five point words. We can just. An eye doctor, doctor in a minute. I mean, I, I mean, knock on, knock on wood here. Um, I have, I, I've just assumed I've had twenty twenty vision. I've never really had eye problems. Do you wear contacts? No, I don't. I don't wear. I don't wear contacts. Yeah. My my eyes are good. Knock. I'm gonna knock on wood. My eyes and my ears are good. You know, I was, I I won the genetic lottery. I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Hairline um, not doing as good. I'm speaking of me. Um, as my vision and sense of smell in, in here, but uh, you got to take what you can get. Well, your sense of smell—that's one thing they don't test. No one's like, you have below average smell. I think I have a good palate. How would they? How would they do that test? I don't even know how they would do that test. We have one more thing on here: the difficulties with uh, creating open, verifiable oh, yeah, hardware, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is just a really good read or watch. It's. Um, it was part of 363, which was this conference that went on in uh, Germany. I forget exactly where it was, but it's a big hacker conference. A lot of Bitcoiners go to it. It's the 36th year they've had it. It's it, There's a lot of really good talks. I mean, you should just go through all the talks. I haven't yet, um, but I have gone through this talk, and it was a very good talk. And basically, the idea is, you know, here we want, we want open hardware as much as possible. Um, we want to be able to verify that hardware as much as possible. And in the Bitcoin world, we see this a lot because we have these nodes and we have the hardware wallets, right? And there's all these different trade-offs where you're trying to make that happen. Um, and compared to code, even though everyone can't read code, the fact that you can verify that code hasn't changed after someone else read it is a major bonus that you don't see with hardware. Um, and like, you know, people try and get around that by stuff like, uh, with the cold card, having the transparent case, trying to keep the chips as simple as possible. So you can look at the picture on the, on the website and, and compare and contrast. Um, but it will always be more difficult than open verifiable software. Um, because with open verifiable software, you can have the hash, you can sign it so that, so that you know that, that, uh, someone looked at it and then it hasn't changed. The software hasn't changed with hardware that, that is is much more difficult than this guy. He's trying to make um, basically an open, verifiable hardware platform that has a built-in screen and keyboard, uh, like a nice little computer that's like a trusted piece of hardware. Um, and he goes through the difficulties he's had working through those trade-offs. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of trade-offs he has to take into consideration, uh, specifically with hardware, but software too as well. Like there's software is always buggy. Uh, it's always leaky. These are ongoing projects. That's actually what I said in the bend today. The reason we need these um, these booster rockets 
that's uh, because we need them during the beta phase. If you freeze it, no, Bitcoin is still technically in the beta phase. It's ver- version 0.19.0.1. That first zero dictates that we're still in beta. Um, so it is an ongoing project. Uh, software and then the hardware that it runs on is something that we're still figuring out as humans. We're really, if you we're thinking uh, long term here, we're really lowering our time preference and thinking into the future. We are in the very, very first half of the first inning of this digital revolution, and we're still trying to figure out how to interact with this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's a slow and steady process. Um, I mean, this is also why multisig is so important, right? Because um, you can have hardware wallets that are close to being open and verifiable, like as close as you can get. Um, and then you mix and match them so that multiple of them need to be compromised uh, to get your keys. Um, I think that's a major step up improvement there. And I, I, I really hope 2020, it really seems like 2020 is gearing up to be like, it's going to be like the year of, of good user-friendly multi-sig that you can use with your own full node, completely sovereign, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's... That would uh, be great to see. That would be, that. that's a huge wish list item that I... That it it seems like the projects are there, they're working, they're being iterated on, they're they're being fleshed out. It's and it seems like we're close. It seems like we're close. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and we won't make any decade long predictions. We'll just be here week in week out to keep you guys. Up. Well, I think in the decade the number will go up. Yeah, the numbers yeah. will go up. Hash rate. All the numbers are yeah. gonna go up. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll be here. Rabbit hole recap will be here to keep you up to date on what's going on. What we think about what's going on, what we think is important to focus on and what's going on. Um, that was the first trip of 2020, year of clarity. The year of clarity is going to age so poorly. It's <laughs> not, there's going to be more confusion than ever this year. It's going to be opposite of year of clarity. Is this Matt's uh, no exchange will ever use lightning network prediction no from last year? Dude, I'd I be think so be. happy. That was like, that's the best prediction to ever get wrong, you know? Yeah. Like, that's fantastic. This would be a good one to get wrong, too. That's why it's funny when I was like, I think someone someone gave me shit when I, I like had a post where I was like, I'm bullish on on Lightning being like, because it got added to Bitfinex. I was like, this is fucking huge. You know, and someone was like, you just like parrot, you know, the usual talking points, yada, yada, yada. It was like 10 months ago, I said this was never going to happen. So you go fuck yourself. <laughs> right. like, I was pretty confident. I said never. I was like, I, I spoke in absolutes. That's what happens when Seven Drink Mad comes out. You know, you try not to speak in absolutes. Yes, yes. We can all work uh, trying to get better in that aspect of life. Um, yeah. I think, like, you know, a good, a good way to end this episode is, like, New Year's resolutions. I mean, I think, like, if you're a Bitcoin and you listen to this podcast, you don't have a full node or you don't use a full node, like, maybe the plan should be, uh, do you, like, make yourself a my node? I think my node seems like um, it seems like the the user friendly it's like a good user friendly mix of if you're building it yourself, um, but you're using these install scripts and they have all these different tools. You, like you can install your own blockchain explorer. You can install uh, mempool.space, a local copy of that, so you can see what the mempool is for your fees. You can install Whirlpool. Soon you can install Dojo. You can do Lightning. You can do Electrum. Um, all 24-7. These dedicated devices, like, as awesome as it is, like, I'm, there's no shame in just running Bitcoin Core on your computer. 
it's very easy to run and then you're running a full node but when it comes time to interact with hardware wallets when it comes time to use it for mixing when it comes time to use it for lightning it's just easier to have a 24 7 dedicated device um so i think like controlling your own keys if you're not doing that yet consider buying a cold card um try out coin join if you haven't tried it yet if you have tried it consider ramping up your efforts uh, it takes a long time you know timing analysis is one of the big things you can't move large funds through these things um especially with liquidity low and as more people use it liquidity increase so consider that um and play around with lightning let's play around with lightning um use tor when you play around with lightning otherwise you're broadcasting your ip address uh with the attached utxos don't do that um, and always coin join before you open channels. Don't open channels with tainted bitcoins. Coin join them first, um, so that they don't have a discernible history, or it, they will still if you fuck it up. But at least they'll have less of a discernible history. Yes. It's important not to make privacy guarantees that we cannot keep. Yes, yes. Just be aware. Be more aware, and don't be afraid to uh, to interact with this stuff again. Like I was saying. It was so fun creating a partially signed Bitcoin transaction and sending it on the mainnet over the weekend. That's a bit like I fucking love when I have just I have some downtime. and I'm just like, I'm doing Bitcoin today. That's what I did yesterday. You know? I'm just doing Bitcoin. I'm going to like get my ducks in order. Maybe I'll fuck around with something new. I did. I'll uh, play around with it. Like that shit's fun. That's it's what enjoyable. I, I did four hours of Bitcoin yesterday. And you learn more than you could watch millions of videos, read a bunch of shit. Like you learn so much more, like just fucking diving in and just doing it yourself. Yeah. Uh, and just trying it out, just you know, do that. You know. So in the year of clarity, just the try, year and, of clarity. try and bring clarity to your Bitcoin process by practicing. And our DMs are open. You know, feel free to reach out. Always happy to help. Um, we have the Keybase chat. Uh, BitcoinKeybase.com is the easy link to join that. Which is, of course, I have a vanity domain for it. But BitcoinKeybase.com, we have that group chat. Uh, yeah, so just just keep exploring, keep learning, keep educating yourself. Um, don't get cocky. We still, you know, we all have way more to learn. Um, and just keep trying to improve yourself. Yeah. Let's end on all that. Peace and love, freaks. Stay humble, stack sets. <laughs> you got that one in. You really got that one in.